Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And I'm joined by none other than the speedy Room Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm not feeling particularly speedy at the moment. I went for a run this morning and I was just just plodding along at a very casual Monday morning type of pace. A bit sore from footy, but hopefully we'll get back to there. That's quite impressive from you to run on a Monday morning. I, I, I just simply, if, if, you, if you put that in front of me, I... Mm. I I would not be able to do it. <laughs> I could not do it. It's just a no. Well, I had so. a, I had a bit of a Sunday evening sort of reset and I thought I want to start the week on a good note. Let's yeah. go for a run first thing on a Monday and just get up and going. And you know what? By by midday, I felt absolutely fantastic. So I was very happy, right. even though I just kind of plodded along. Uh, that is brilliant. I, I always – I do envy your ability just to get up and go. Like, I, I just couldn't do that. But anyway, you're a special <laughs> man. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get cracking. It's a good episode. Uh, my name's Ryan Walker. He is Ruben Williams. And we are two mates who met at Cricket Australia. Now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to LinkedIn or even better, if you want to connect with us and hundreds of others working in sport, jump into the SportsGrad community. And a quick shout out to our members of the SportsGrad community and in particular to Bradley McGee, who has just landed a role as a content producer intern at the Geelong Football Club. The Geelong are flying at the moment on top of the AFL ladder. And gee, Brad would have some pretty good content to capture in his internship at the moment. So well done, Brad, and well done to Geelong Football Club for snapping up, Brad, because good people are hard to come by at the moment. Um, But Geelong were one of the first people to start using the sports grad community to hire quality people. So if you are like Brad and you want to get access to incredible opportunities in sport and get your first foot in the door of the sports industry, or if you are like the Geelong Football Club and you want to save time hiring people in a really quick and easy way, or if you might have started your career and you just want to network with people who work in AFL clubs, who work in cricket, who work in the biggest organisations in sport in Australia – then get involved in the SportsGrad community. Head to www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash community to do so. Geelong's got a good one there. Caught up with Brad the other day. Great man. Um, but I might add, we currently have Geelong and the Melbourne Demons currently inside the SportsGrad community. One and two on the ladder. So there's a good chance we could have a, a premier this year. Inside well, the it's no community. surprise why they're sitting one and two if you I ask me. I didn't want to say it, Ruse. I didn't want to <laughs> say it, but... You've done it. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So good to have them involved. Um, now, Rubes, there's something unique about our good friends at Deakin. It's more than just world-class academics, state-of-the-art facilities, and a supportive community. It's the campus vibe that they are famous for, and you have to experience it for yourself, just like we did last week, Rubes. That was great fun. Out at Burwood, it was absolutely awesome. Great facilities. So don't miss your chance to see... What sets Deakin apart? Experience your tomorrow at their campus open day this August. There's currently three open days this August, so there's some dates on their website to go check out. Go and have a look. Awesome campuses, so check it out, Deakin's website for all the info. Absolutely. Now, today, our guest, our very special guest is Sophie Reese from the Australian Grand Prix Corporation. Sophie is the social media coordinator. She's the one with the lanyard walking around on pit lane with her phone out, capturing content to send to the masses uh, of all these people that you would see on Drive to Survive uh, and also racing on their motorbikes too. So Sophie's got an incredible role. um, And 
what people have to look forward to is finding out exactly what you do when you are the social media coordinator for a Formula One Grand Prix. Sophie goes into incredible depth to show us what she's doing in the event week, on the event days, mm. and in the other 340 days in between events as well. You know, if you're interested in social media and want to know how you can do it in Formula One, Sophie gives you a pretty black and white look into what you're going to be doing. Yep. She also goes through how to actually get a job in social media at the F1, the Australian Grand Prix. She's got a pretty good story. She can tell it's, to be honest with you, it's not rocket science, but it just tells you the right thing to be doing at the time, which is, well, I'm not going to give it away, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a great story. She did all the right things and she got there. So check that one out. Yeah, absolutely. It is easier to come across than than people might think. Mm. Millie even got a job too, which is terrific. Yeah. And finally, she spoke about what it's like being a female in a male-dominated sport and a male-dominated industry and how she's pressing forward and what motivates her as well. So um, if you're looking for inspiration to work in sport, uh, when you are faced with these sort of gender inequality challenges – uh, Sophie provides a great example of um, someone who's putting a great foot forward in the sports industry. Yeah, absolutely. We'll grab a pen, enjoy this chat with Sophie Reese. Sophie, welcome <laughs> to the Sports Grade Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Sophie, it's awesome that you've come in here to share your wisdom of social media and Formula One with us. We're very grateful to have you here. Um, <laughs> now, the whole po- purpose of this podcast is to let people know what jobs exist in sport and how you can get them. Yep. And often we find out from a lot of different people that their entry into sport is quite unique and different. There's all these different sliding doors moments that if they happen to be at a certain place at a certain time, that led to a certain outcome. Can you tell us about how you got your foot in the door? Yes. Um, Yeah, like you said, bit of a sliding doors moment. Um, I was very lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, It all started at my footy club back in 2019, of all things. Um, Yeah, someone put um, a job up in our little group chat and asked if anyone wanted an event job at the Formula One Australian Grand Prix for 2019. Um, And that was just in accreditation. So it was just for the week. yeah, really small group of um, people and that all went really well. Got the job um, just for the week and, yeah, from then on in 2019 I did that event and then in 2020, just before the cancellation, uh, I did half of that event um, (laughs) up until the Friday and then from there after the lockdowns, everything, I was just constantly monitoring, um, I guess, their LinkedIn and what they were doing. If any more roles were coming up, I was just about to finish my – my degree at uni, which was a business uh, degree in marketing. And yeah, I was happened to be in the right place at the right time with that as well. I just reached out to their HR manager, um, said, do you have anything in social media? Just about to finish my degree. And she said, yeah, we've just listed a social media <laughs> coordinator job about five minutes ago. And I was like, okay, wow. that is perfect. Um, and yeah, from then on, I was very lucky to get through all the stages um, and happened to be walking out of my graduation ceremony when I got the call saying that I got the job. So that Jeez. all worked out a bit too well for me. How's the timing on all yeah, this? I know. I know. Very, Impeccable. very lucky. I know. It was fantastic. Um, it's kind of yeah. like the Australian Grand Prix was watching the live stream of your graduation <laughs> ceremony. Yeah. Just waiting for it. Yeah. Tuning in. Okay. How did she finish yet? Has she finished? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> felt like that for sure. But uh, yeah, very lucky it all worked out. Perfectly. <laughs> nice one. 
Gee, uh, it, it pays to uh, to get in touch with the hiring manager, doesn't it? Definitely. Mm. I mean, Networking is the key for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah. What uh, what football club were you involved in? Uh, I play for St Kevin's Old Boys uh, mm. for their girls' team. There's three yep. of us. So, um, yeah, great team to be part of, great community. And, yeah, like I said, they have um, the occasional jobs up um, for grabs, which is really good. So that's also a great networking um, opportunity for me. I was going to say, the St. Kevin's Old Boys Football Club have got one of the better networks in yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. And so if you are looking for any opportunity of any sort, that's a fantastic place to get involved. Definitely. And alongside that is the Uni Blues Football Club where you're involved, <laughs> Ryan. Some of these football clubs, these amateur football clubs, have got incredible networks. Yeah. Ryan, you led us to Peter Bruckner, Dr. Peter Bruckner, who's Kathy Freeman's best friend, and saying Kevin's old boys have led you to the Australian Grand Prix. Exactly. So I think there's a really good lesson in about, you know, be smart about the football club that you pick because yeah. n- not all <laughs> networks are made the same. So true. Yeah. Can't <laughs> recommend footy enough for starters. Um, but yeah, choosing a good group of people to be part of um, is fantastic. And yeah, you never know what opportunities might come up um, totally. along the way. Love yeah. that story. It's a good one. But it just shows <laughs> grassroots club, there's yep. a lot of people who have gone through every mm. club. 100%. There's always going to be something there. Yeah. So mm. Definitely. a lesson for everyone. Yeah. Um, everybody who would be a fan of motorsport would think that your job is pretty damn cool. Um, so I'm, ser- I'm keen to hear what are the cool things about it? What does the day-to-day look like? Seriously interested. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty full on job, but absolutely love it. Like I said before, um, yeah, my day to day is managing all the social media for OzGP and OzMotoGP, um, and yeah, just producing content, reporting on um, the races, uh, making TikToks, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, during the race weekends, I'm covering uh, the practice sessions, qualifying sessions, and the race, of course. Um, and then during the event week, uh, we bring on some extra staff to help me out a bit, <laughs> yeah. um, which is fantastic. And yeah, we just create content as much as we can. Um, we also like to bank it and save it for later, which is uh, fantastic. We're just going through that now on TikTok. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my day to day is just managing social media, just always online on Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm just looking everywhere <laughs> for content. Nice oh, I just want to go into the uh, casuals that you bring on during mm-hmm. race week. You, s- you say you, you call on more hands to do the same job that you do. Yep. How do you find those social media contractors? Uh, well, a few of them have worked for us in the past. So definitely once your foot is in the door, it helps. But uh, I know that last year I think two of the two of the girls that worked for me reached out to my manager on LinkedIn and just said, do you have anything going for the event? Would love to join. And, yeah, that all worked out for them really well. Um, they were able to come on board just by sending a message to our manager, which was fantastic. And that goes for all roles. Yeah. Um, I know that on LinkedIn we were promoting that um, constantly in the lead-up that we're looking for some event staff to join us. Um, and that all, yeah, that's how I would <laughs> suggest getting in touch with us for sure. Just reach out. Amazing. Well, yeah. we happen to have a social media producer who absolutely loves the F1. I haven't prepared her for this, but Millie, do you want to work at the Grand Prix next year? Millie's in the room right now. She. <laughs> she said she would love to. She hasn't got a microphone. Um, cool. Millie will chat to yep, you after this episode. Good. and we'll Just do reach out to Sophie, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see how it goes. Good, good contact. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. It's it's amazing how many people do want to work for us. Um, and it's fantastic. It's good to have in your resume, of course. But, uh, yeah, great to network um, within the wider business and get to watch some F1 and MotoGP along the way. And the old Access Park 
pass gets yeah. you to some extraordinary places when yes. you're at Albert Park. Yeah, yeah. Very grateful um, that we do get that all, all, yeah, all access pretty much um, pass. Um, yeah, you get to go to some amazing places, standing on stage with the drivers. Uh, I got the opportunity to go onto the grid just as they were doing their um, lap of honour around the, yeah. the circuit, which wow. was fantastic. Uh yeah. It's pretty much uh, a bit separated in the paddock, whereas the teams do keep to themselves in the garage. Does anyone respect that? But um, I do know of people that were invited in um, along the event and they were allowed to go in and see behind the scenes what they do. So (laughs) you never know who you might meet, uh, the opportunities that you might get during event week. It's fantastic. Brilliant. That's really cool. So you've got event week. Mm -hmm. You've got the event days. So there's about... 10 days on the calendar out of 365 times yep. two Grand Prix, 20 days. Yeah. There's an extra 345 days to do something. <laughs> yeah. What do you spend your time doing in those days between events? Uh, so we're always working towards the next one. So the minute the F1 finished uh, earlier this year, we were focusing on MotoGP shortly after that and selling tickets because uh, it's the first time in three years that we'll have an event uh, down at Phillip Island. So I guess – making sure that the fans know that we're coming back, uh, pushing those ticket sales um, and really drawing people down to Phillip Island because it is quite a remote area Mm. um, out of Melbourne. But, yeah, the minute the one event ends, the other one is already started. Um, So very excited to uh, keep going (laughs) and, I guess, look towards F1, which will be coming up soon enough. Um, But, yeah. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited there. Do you, do you cover other events? So like the F1 was on last night. Yeah. Would you cover that as well on the on your account? Yeah, not as intently as we do yeah. for our own event, but I'm Just to raise awareness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess keeping our presence um, on social media saying, yeah, our fans do often want to know what's happening overseas, um, but they'll only follow us or only follow um, F1 at the time. So it is good to keep that presence up online, where the, whether it is a graphic or putting out an article. Mm. Um, content creation during the weekend is very important to remind the fans that we're still here because um, if we went silent for about six months, they'd be shocked yeah. <laughs> when we just popped up again. Um, but, yeah, raising awareness of us, our, our business is very important. So when, when you start preparation for the next event, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that you and your, your team does? Do you dive straight into creating TikToks is, or is this more kind of funder level thought and strategy behind it? Um, probably a bit of both, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, uh, we're always looking to raise awareness, as I said before. Um, and once tickets are on sale, then pushing those uh, social posts out to make sure that uh, fans are reminded to buy their tickets before mm. the event. Uh, but, yeah, also just... I guess, raising awareness in other f- streams, so covering the season, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess. So this is look at, looking at things that you can do to raise awareness yeah, of the definitely. events. Yeah, gotcha. definitely. So our campaign is quite thought out, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, ticket sales, there's just a lot to think about, social media posts, you name it. <laughs> yeah, love yeah. it. Nice. And when uh, when is the Moto Grand Prix? For those who don't know, when's it, it coming up? October 14th to 16th. Uh, you would have said that a few times. Yeah, I think it's about <laughs> 75 days away, uh, I think. Yeah. We, should, we should go. Yeah. We should go. For I sure. Know. We might be working with the T20 World Cup around that point in time, but oh, if okay. we are, 
yeah. available. Absolutely, definitely. Let us know. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all access pass. Yeah, Ooh. Millie could do some. <laughs> Millie could do some socials. Yeah, there you go. Surely we can arrange that. <laughs> Sophie's got a, got us covered. Yeah, hopefully. So, all good. Um, can I delve into your role a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when someone thinks social media coordinator, you know, they might just think, oh, you know, social media. But what does that really look like? Like, what what's something in your role that you know, when you say you're titled to someone, they wouldn't really know that you do that. Oh, it's a good question. Uh, I guess we are constantly working with uh, people within our business to um, push out uh, socials about that. So whether it's entertainment, um, but also at the event, I guess I am going around constantly getting content behind the scenes that people don't know about, um, whether that is working with the drivers, which is very um, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess just No, I get I get what you mean. Like, you know, you you obviously you're taking socials of race day, mm. but there's yeah. also a lot of other elements of any business that you've got to shed some light on. Yeah. You know, like you said, yeah. like ticket sales and yeah. uh, things like that. So can imagine it'd be quite hectic, but also give everyone ample time yeah. to promote what Yeah, we're trying to do. promote so many parts of um the event, I guess, whether it is like food or entertainment. Yeah, like hospitality is a mm. huge one. Uh, just general activities that are going on around the circuit. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I, I remember, you know, at Cricket Australia when I, when I was there, you know, you, you've obviously got partner content that sort of I was dealing with, but you'd have to fit it in a calendar where they've yep. got to fit in, you know, we've got to put tickets on sales, we've got to, we've got to sell hospitality suites, mm-hmm. we've got to mm-hmm. do all these other things, you know, report on matches, things like that. So yeah. It is a bit more challenging than people realise to fit in bits of content because there's yep. a whole array of things you've, yeah. you've got to cover. Mm. Our co- content calendar is just ridiculous uh, oh. during the event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, working with so many um, aspects of the business partners are a huge one, uh, hospitality, everything. Mm. Um, and uh, this is probably another question that you've got <laughs> a lot, but r- obviously recently the Drive to Survive documentary mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. Pro- oh, I can see you smiling. You get these asses all the time. But <laughs> I know that off the back of that, there's obviously a lot more fans. Like yep. there's a lot more people wanting yep. to go to the F1. And I'm just wondering whether that has had an impact on the content that you have to capture. Has that sort of changed the way that you've done things? Um, yeah, in a way, I definitely think uh, Drive to Survive has boosted um, our platform and also the entire fan base. Uh, as a whole, because before that, F1 was just another sport, I guess, yeah. um, which is fantastic. Like that show has done wonders for the sport globally. Um, but we are now curating our content to be more to casual fans as well as like the diehard F1 fans, um, whether that is just reporting on the race graphics and everything, um, but also, yeah, TikToks. Um, yeah. I guess the casual fans do like that to be reminded that we exist and to see that um, – exchanges between the drivers that happened at our event that they didn't really get the inside exclusive um, into while they were there. Um, just like Drive to Survive provides like all that behind mm. the scenes uh, content. You just have to wait a year mm. until it comes yeah, out, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. People are probably wanting it now. Definitely, but the season's in filming right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it comes out around March. Yeah. It's usually just before our event or before the season yeah. opener. Ah, cool. 
It might catch you in the background of one of the scenes yeah, now that you've yeah. been there. Look, oh God, <laughs> hope not. It's like that, that poor guy who had to announce in 2020 when the race got cancelled. Oh, not, not he, old mate. He got a lot of airtime. <laughs> he probably watches that thing, you know. Oh, oh we God. feel so bad for him, but uh, yeah, he was a backbone of that day. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, what, shout yeah. out to him. What, what a king. He's, <laughs> what done, a he's done well. should get him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So tell us about that day. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> um, so if you, let's talk about social media skills, mm-hmm. things you need to be able to do day to day to do your job, to be out there on the course with the with the drivers. Mm-hmm. What are some of the critical parts to your job that you need to be able to do? Definitely being organised. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, planning the days of what um, content we do want to capture as as well as like what we want to get along the way, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I guess networking is a huge skill in social media. Uh, being able to contact those people, like whether it is an F1 or the people at MotoGP, uh, it's really important to be able to network with those people and get those communication um, skills up. (laughs) But yeah, I guess being creative and just thinking outside the box and jumping on trends as much as we can. I guess on Twitter, we're a bit more fun um, and trendy. (laughs) (laughs) Trendy, love that word. Trendy, of course. (laughs) On TikTok, we're trying to jump on trends all the time. Uh, I guess just also trying to be ahead of these trends and predict them, which is harder said than done. <laughs> but, yeah, doing as much as you can to um, forecast what's about to happen online because it's a pretty wild wild space. Mm. <laughs> so uh, the first point you made around being organised on event day. Mm-hmm. So say it's qualifying day of the Australian Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Will you have a list of things that you want to film on your phone when you go out and walk around that day? Uh, yeah, for sure. And it's not just about the race on that qualifying day because there is so much um, going on with, around the circuit, whether it's like the kids' zone or the food, the hospitality. Um, we want to capture as much as we can. There's also the support categories, so giving them some limelight is always yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I guess we do have a big con- content calendar and write down as much as we can to predict what we want to have at the end of the day. And, and when you're planning out that list of content to capture on that particular day, mm-hmm. uh, how do you reach that end list? Is it just you thinking in your spare time, right, this will look nice, that'll look good too? <laughs> or is there a meeting of a few heads coming together? What does that look like to plan the content? Yeah, definitely both. I guess in the lead up to either event, I am planning by myself, making sure um, that everything is consistent and what I want to see on the socials. Um, and I guess once we get those other assistants on board, it's great to get their perspective of what they also think would be great for our socials. Uh, and I guess just capturing content uh, around the circuit that is like unique to us yeah. and that the fans might not actually see because, you know, Albert Park is pretty huge. So they're not going to be everywhere to see all that, um, all the exciting things yeah. happening. So I guess providing an insight to those fans as well who aren't there, really important. Um, but, yeah, just working through that content list is pretty intense. Um, yeah. That's really cool because it always seems very impromptu or like spur of the moment, mm. but it's actually yep. incredibly planned, it yep. sounds it's like. It's a bit of both. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there is a lot of impromptu stuff that does come up and we're like, that would be great. And often that is the content that does best on social media, whereas, um, yeah, I guess on our TikTok, that's a perfect example. My manager happened to see Fernando Alonso spinning a basketball on his finger with, um, feels the... The Glo- Globetrotters basketball team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just captured that 14-second piece of content and it did numbers, like over yeah. 1.5 million views on TikTok. It was just – you never know what's going to go viral, I guess. Wow. 
yeah, so that um, really casual um, content does best, mm. I'd say. I'm fascinated by TikTok and we've uh, – the sports grad TikTok has just kicked off. Mm-hmm. So those listening, jump on and have a look. But mm. I'm interested sort of what, what do you think makes a really good TikTok? Because you kind of see some that, you know, do really well, then, you know, you might see another – video that's probably almost the same but it doesn't mm-hmm. do that well so I'm, I'm keen to understand sort of what do you try and capture when, when you are making them yeah there is no algorithm on tiktok <laughs> i've found um you cannot predict what will go viral and what will do well which we've found along the way um it's hard because we think something will do well will follow the trend but doesn't catch on probably because every other person on tiktok has also done the trend mm. so just capturing unique content that uh no one else has seen it's original um is like what does the best by far. Um, but, yeah, I can't – there's no answer to TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much going on on that platform. Uh, yeah. No, fair enough. Nice. We'll keep trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was really Something just, will take off. Yeah. That was for our own benefit, that question. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Try to crack the code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can it be draining being on your phone? All the time, if you're constantly checking what's the F1 account doing, wh- who's commenting, what are people, what are fans doing as well, what or other user-generated content out there that we can repost, does that become taxing and exhausting? It is quite exhausting in some sense, but I do love this part of my job. Um, but, and I do make sure that I have time off my phone and my laptop and just take a yeah. deep breath and step away from it because it is like so addicting to be on your phone all the time. Uh, but yeah, I guess... I do have a good team that is constantly checking other platforms for me or like we'll see stuff in their feed just casually scrolling. Um, and I do have a lot of friends that happen to send me a lot of stuff all the time. <laughs> and they're like, this might be good for socials or like, uh, yeah, we've just seen a really good piece of content that could work in your favour, um, which is fantastic because I cannot see it all mm, <laughs> as much yeah. as I would love to. But, uh, yeah, it's probably the It's probably the one job in the world where you- it's okay to be on your phone at work the whole exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I don't want to look unprofessional, but I'm just doing my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your screen time would be through the roof. Oh, like. it is. Some days is t- awful. Like <laughs> what What sort of numbers are we talking? Oh, God. I don't know. It, it changes because I am on my laptop as well, um, thankfully. But, oh, I don't know. I think my most ever was probably during lockdowns, probably 11 hours or something. Wow. <laughs> just insane. I don't think I left my phone all day. It was just insane. Something must have happened that day. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty intense day, but uh, yeah, I think I average about five, six hours. But it's not yeah. constantly on; it's just sitting there in yeah. case something happens. You'd need yeah. a seriously good phone battery too. Yeah, she's she's doing well. <laughs> you need one of those power banks that just sit there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I have one on my desk. I couldn't live without it. <laughs> yeah. um, the ideas that your friends and your family are sending to you. Mm-hmm. Do you collect these anywhere? Like how do you keep tabs of all these ideas? And if something like comes to you in the middle of the night, do you write it down? Do you put it somewhere safe? What, uh, what do you do with the ideas? I guess I do love the notes app. It's a great app. Yeah. <laughs> uh, write down a lot of ideas in there for potential content uh, and how we can spin that into our own uh, use-made content. But I guess using the saved function on Instagram and on TikTok is yeah. such a good feature. Uh, we just have hundreds of videos saved for the event, making little folders of uh, what we can use for next year's event or what other Grand Prix, other Formula One teams, MotoGP teams are all doing um, and how we can make that our own. Really important. But, yeah, I guess the notes app, <laughs> writing a lot of ideas down all the time. 
How, how do you categorize the the folders? Like, what goes into each bucket? Uh, probably got my drivers folder, good, my event bad. folder. Good. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what not to do? Yeah. Uh, no, definitely the event folder is pretty big. What we want to do at the event and uh, Grand Prix folder for what other Grand Prix around the world are doing and how we can replicate that in our own uh, terms. But yeah, I would I wouldn't say there's a method to my madness. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of everything. So you kind of sort it by the type of content. Type that, of content for yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Gotcha. I can I can see how that'd be extremely handy come event or planning time. You yeah. just dive deep into yeah. what everyone else has for done sure. throughout the year. Go yeah. back to the well. <laughs> well <laughs> just awesome. go for a scroll yeah. through all of that content. Yeah. Um I wanna go to your sort of career as a whole now. Um obviously You've done a fair few things before you got to this role. Is there anything that sort of stands out to you as having really prepared you for the role you're in now? Uh, you could say that I had a little bit of experience uh, on social media beforehand. I did have a cake business, uh, reasonably successful business uh, before this job. And nice. during lockdown, during uni, uh, I think that got to – it was almost at 3,000 followers, but it could have been full-time job easily. Yeah. And that was also just – that was running every aspect of the business rather than just social media. It was also doing, making the cakes, yeah. which is intense as anything. Uh, but that's where I got most of my experience self-taught a lot of things um, along the way. Uh, yeah, I guess not everyone can run a cake business, or but like hustling, I guess, as they yeah. say. Um, getting that experience, whether it is just on your own, uh, running your own small side hustle or working for someone small is, I can't recommend getting experience anywhere. Enough. You know who Sophie reminds me of? <laughs> who? Emily Collin. So Emily Collin yeah. is the social media producer at Cricket Australia who looks after at Oz Women's Cricket, mm-hmm. follows the Australian women's cricket team around the world, literally in Birmingham at the Commonwealth Games right mm. now, capturing wow. content for them. She got her start by running the social media account of her local pizza shop. So pizza religion in... Elstonwick or somewhere, uh, she was literally taking photos of pizza and posting them online. And when she went to Cricket Australia and said, hey, I've got experience, it was in a tiny little pizza shop capturing food images. Yep. Very similar to you. For sure. And that, I guess- Start with food. (laughs) Food is the answer to everything. (laughs) Um, And I would say, just like her, having that portfolio is the perfect example of like putting it on your resume and then you can just- hand it to the hiring manager and say, look, this is what I've done already rather than just like your standard resume. You can actually prove that you can create this content and know what you're doing in some sense. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I can imagine that that worked out really well for her as yeah. well. This is this is incredible insight. For those looking for pathways into social media in the biggest organisations in the world, start with tiny food <laughs> platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Makes all the sense, doesn't yeah. it? For sure. <laughs> Can't <laughs> recommend it enough. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Uh, so if you mentioned that motorsport is heavily male dominated, can you share what it's like and whether that motivates you to pursue the job? Definitely. Uh, I think it's come a long way since it uh, started back mm. in the day. Uh, there are so many women getting into motorsport, whether it is F1, MotoGP, supercars, you name it. Uh, these jobs obviously can be done by anyone as long as you're got the right experience um, and just go for it. Um, And I guess that really motivates me to just break that stigma down a bit and do something where other girls can also follow my footsteps and show that it can be done by anyone 
as young as I am. I'm only 22 uh, running Grand Prix social media accounts, which is pretty crazy. But also being a woman is so important and being able to work within, like my entire digital team is um, all guys. So while that is a little bit intimidating at the beginning, love them, they're great. Uh, It can be really good to see how we can all work together. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, Tell us like when, when you were thinking about getting into sport, did uh, being a female make it harder for you to believe that you could actually make it a reality? Uh, in some sense, yeah. I guess when you're looking at all those uh, on social media, looking at the TV broadcast, a lot of it is male-dominated and you're like, can I really get there? But I feel like we are more progressive uh, in 2022, whereas I was just like, let's just go for it, see what happens. They can only say no. Uh, breaking that stigma down is really important. Mm. And I think what you're doing now is absolutely fantastic because you've Mm. created an example that allows other people to have self-belief in achieving their own career goals. And if they want to work in the Formula One or if they want to work in cricket or football, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. people like yourself and Emily working in these roles creates an example for other females to believe that this is an option for them as well. People can picture themselves in these roles when they see others doing um, exactly what they want to do. I yeah. feel like anyone, anything is possible if you can put your mind to it and just go for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, one of our previous podcast guests uh, is Kelly Ryan. She's the current CEO of Netball Australia and she's the only female CEO amongst all the major sports here in Australia and that was kind of exemplified at a conference earlier this year where they had Gillian McLaughlin from the AFL and Nick Hockley from Cricket uh, and all the other CEOs and – Kelly's the only female there on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't already, I'd highly recommend going back to listen to her because, you know, you just hear this sort of inner belief and determination to get where she wants to go that mm-hmm. is quite inspiring for, for anybody. But it sounds like you've got that inner belief that yeah, doesn't for sure. isn't going to let anything else stand in yeah. your way. I've, I like to think that I have that drive to be successful and get places where I do want to go um, and just pave the way for others. Uh, I think it's really important to see women in these powerful roles uh, running such a huge organisation is just fantastic. And it would be great to see more women up there one day, hopefully in the near future. Amazing. I saw this crazy stat before. It was the three biggest crowds for a a soccer game Mm -hmm. have all been, in in 2022, like the the biggest ones, have all been female matches. Yeah. And I think that just shows, you know, the growth of women's sport and, yep. and what is happening out yep. there. Women's sport is definitely up and coming, if not already. And it is great to see those numbers because it shows yeah. that um, it is possible. And I guess with AFLW, it'd be great to see those crowds eventually hit those huge numbers at the MCG and mm. around Australia. Um, yeah, and I guess seeing the like seeing females in motorsport is so important. Uh, seeing the W Series class is fantastic. I hope to see a few of those drivers make their way up into F2 and f one eventually. Uh, I mean, I'm quite surprised there aren't any female drivers already, mm. but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think it will really help young girls eventually work out what they want to do and see that other females are already in that position and they can get there themselves. Brilliant. Um, so if you to round things out, uh, if you could go back in time to university and so you're walking through the corridor and you see that a desk has been left open and you want to leave a note on that desk for the student to come back to, something that's going to help them with their career. What would you leave on the note for that student? God, that's a, a big question. <laughs> uh, I guess 
Like I mentioned before, anything is possible if you work hard enough and put your mind to it. Uh, I would just suggest networking as hard as you can. Getting that experience in any possible um, industry is fantastic. Um, no experience is bad experience, as they say. Uh, just going for it. They can only say no. That's how I got here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just putting yourself out there. Just don't be afraid to um, reach out to those uh, high up people because you never know where you'll end up. Pick your football club wisely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so important. Yeah. Go to St. Kevin's. <laughs> or Uni Blues. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Sophie, it's been great going through your career in, in sport and obviously your, your role in, in, at the Grand Prix. Like just hearing all the behind the scenes stuff that you do, all the planning that you have to go through to, to get the content that you need is uh is super cool and like you said you know just you reached out to someone right you, you put yourself out there and, mm-hmm. and got in touch to see what was out yeah. there yeah um and it's paid off and you know exactly. all the experience with your, your cake business as well yeah. like a bit of a bl- uh, a roadmap there for, for people to to follow so thanks again for coming in i've loved chatting to you and uh we need any TikTok help, we'll, we'll know where to come to. Feel free to reach out anytime. Thank you so much for having me awesome. on. I had so much fun. Awesome, Rubes. Great episode. Sophie has some great insight into what it's like to work in socials and in motorsport as well. Um, what did you love about that? Right. I think the biggest takeaway for this is if you are looking to work in social media, start small. Mm. Now, Sophie started taking photos of the cakes that she baked and she learned to create content by taking on her own project. So if you want to work in social media, you don't need to do all these long fancy courses or spend heaps of time at university doing all these different things. If you literally get your phone out and start Mm. filming something interesting and practice creating content, you can work at the Formula One Grand Prix. The Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix this year, I think was the most attended Grand Prix ever. Yep. Formula One is just, like, just about the hottest sport in the world right now. And you can mm. work in that covering it on your phone if you go around filming cakes. Like, I don't know not, how... Not to downplay it. Not cakes. to downplay it, but like yeah. that's how accessible some of these roles are. Like, And she's obviously done a really good job creating content, so you've got to build up the skill at the same time. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is just get started on something, anything, doesn't matter what it is, um, and then eventually your opportunity will come at the biggest sporting organisations in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my takeaway is, is just reach out to that person that you're umming and ahhing about. I feel like everybody who's coming through has seen someone on LinkedIn or you know they know someone who's doing something that they really want to do and they're probably thinking, you know, oh, do I reach out to them? Do I not? Sophie just bit the bullet and reached out to a hiring manager at the Australian Grand Prix, they happen to be hiring and she got the job. Mm. Like sometimes it can just be as simple as that. So just stop holding back. Just do it. Mm. You know you know who I'm really proud of right now? Who? That's Millie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I said to Millie, make sure you follow up Sophie. And Millie said, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> On the way out of um, saying thank you to Sophie out of our podcast recording studio, Millie's just dropped it. I'll let you know about the job. Yeah, love <laughs> Sophie that. Sophie goes, absolutely, you're in. <laughs> just embedding it. You know, yeah. It's in her head now. So. That's it. So be more like Millie and follow up immediately. Absolutely. Um, that was an awesome app, Rubes. Uh, are there any other apps around that social media space that anyone can uh, enjoy as well? Yeah, well, I mentioned Emily Collin, the social media producer for the Australian women's cricket team. She's an excellent person to, yeah. to tune into. 
Uh, I believe she is around the 176 mark, mm. something around there. Uh, so she's from Cricket Australia. Will Taylor is another great one working for the ICC T20 World Cup who is yep. also working in social media. He's more around the 180 sort of mark. Um, but those two should really, really set you straight. They are both two excellent quality content creators doing their job in cricket. In fact, um, as we mentioned, Emily is over in Birmingham right now at the Commonwealth Games yeah. doing a quick contract over there. <laughs> unreal. Absolutely mm. unreal. Awesome. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn, plus be sure to jump into the SportsGrad community. We'd love to chat with you on there. Head to sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you love the show, we would love for you to rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe on Apple and follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 